Okay, and welcome to uh, our second podcast. Um, I still don't have a title for it yet, which is awesome. My name is Riley, and I'm joined again by Eric. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. And and this week we're or this episode we're going to talk about uh, the phenomenon of taxpayer rights groups and candidates, of which uh, we in in the GTA are very familiar, having had one. Um, as our ma- uh, mayor of Toronto, Eric uh, doesn't live there, but you know, you live in the greater Toronto area, so you're also very familiar. And uh, so this is a, just as an introduction, this is something that's been quite become quite common throughout North America. I don't know about the rest of the world, but in North America, there are individual candidates and sometimes sections within parties who campaign essentially, uh, whether they explicitly say it or not, on the idea that the taxpayer... Um, needs more representation in government and doesn't have any at the moment or doesn't have enough. And also, in some cases, that the taxpayer needs their rights recognized or needs a uh, even, some people even suggested a separate bill of rights for the taxpayer. That should probably be uh, clarified because pretty much everybody is a taxpayer. I believe it's the low income taxpayer, correct? Well, that so that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this because, of course, they don't say that, right? They just say the taxpayer, and everybody is a taxpayer. But by saying that there are taxpayers and there are uh, people who don't pay taxes um, or don't pay their share of taxes, there's an implication there that's never really uh, explicitly laid out that these people, these other people, um, are... Uh, it's the how franchised, right? Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're not. Uh, so the people. Well, no. So there, there are people who are disenfranchised because their taxes are not getting them what they deserve, supposedly. Right. And then there are the people who are shirking their taxes somehow. So, like, uh, you know, uh, the, the typical one of the typical targets is bureaucrats and politicians who uh, at least in the eyes of these groups, don't pay taxes, but of course they do pay taxes. Um, so to start off with, uh, I mean, I think we you can sense my hostility <laughs> to, the, to these groups. Well, how do, yeah, you, how do mean, you feel about them? I, if, if we use the, the Toronto mayor as an example, Rob Ford was, was a piece of work. Um, now... To be honest, I didn't necessarily completely disagree with with everything the man said. Um, I do feel that governments tend to to overspend and don't necessarily use money wisely, but that's that's simply just bureaucracy in my eyes. I, I had an issue with him trying to suggest that the system was so unfairly skewed that you know anybody who was in a lower class tax bracket was was being taken advantage of, which from what I've read and from from what I understand, is not actually the case. But that's what uh, he was trying to basically run a platform on, and I mean, it worked. It got him elected. Yeah, and it, it's it, there's a commonality here with with uh, with other candidates of this type. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, uh, in the U.S. some some parts of the the so-called Tea Party the like fringe part of the Republican party that I don't know how powerful they are anymore, but used they used to have a lot of sway. It was the same kind of thing. There was this idea that the, it was the low income people that were being taken advantage of the, by the tax system that was supposed to help them. But of course, as you said, that doesn't bear up to much scrutiny. It's actually, and, and the people who, the people who run such as Rob Ford, or uh, who fund the groups such as uh, I can never get this right. The Koch brothers, is it? I don't know how to pronounce their name. It's spelled K-O-C-H. I I always think Koch, but every time I hear an American say it, they say Coke or or Coke or something. I don't know. I can't do it. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't really leave it up to Americans to pronounce names correctly. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. But anyway, they they are obviously uh, they are not. There's some of the richest Americans, some of the richest people in the entire world. And yet they yeah. have, 
they have been documented as heavily funding um, both the Tea Party and other uh, and backing candidates in the states whose um, primary goal, uh, at least, well, one sorry, one of their primary goals is to uh, is is aside from uh, causing government to slow down or stop altogether, is to um, reduce taxes and. So, so one of the things I find fascinating about this, and wanted to talk, why I want to talk about, it is because you have extraordinarily rich, or sometimes just somewhat rich, Ooh. candidates and uh, backers who convince the average person that it's the average. It's often I don't know about like really poor, but like lower middle class people who are being taken advantage of by uh, the fact that you know, like you said. Uh, Bureaucracy is bureaucracy, and government doesn't spend money in an efficient manner. Yeah, well, and got a problem, but anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's an eternal problem, as far as I'm concerned, and yet we now have these groups that have that have really sort of they found something that this appeal to people who are are if anything getting a uh, a better deal from their taxes than say certainly the rich people are and yet these are the people who are attacking government for being um, corrupt and inefficient and so on well you also have to remember which side of the spectrum is is you know by speaking about this they're typically conservatives they typically do not appreciate being taxed to begin with and so it makes it very easy to convince people uh, by saying, well, you know, this this is the platform. Because anybody who is going to lean towards that doesn't necessarily understand politics. I, I've got friends I talk to about um, certain things. I, I mean, let me give you an example. We're about to do a, a, a renovation. And for that renovation, we need to get permits. But right. I my, my sister-in-law is saying, well, that's just stupid. It's just a money grab. Well, yeah, but government cannot make money in any other way other than by uh, licensing, through licensing and through taxes. They, they have no other means of income. Yeah. So and you take that away, and in Canada, people would start complaining, well, why are the roads bad? Why? But they don't seem to correlate paying taxes with the benefits of services. Yeah, you're you're absolutely like 100% right about that. There's a huge disconnect, or there's, uh, um. So actually, it's a, it's a it's a good segue to one of the topics, uh, because I one of the things I encounter, um, you know, I think we both have, um, sort of more uh, friends who we would describe as more conservative, and one of the things I notice with them is this idea that they should pay. Own, I, I mean, I, I know some people, for example, who think that they should only pay for what they get. You know, like as if like uh, taxes are actually user fees. <laughs> you know, so, so the idea that you know you uh, you would pay for I don't I don't know this. Once you you think about this and and go too far down the road, it stops making any sense. But the idea is, I guess you would pay for like if you were a business owner, you would pay for. Uh, the sidewalk in front of your business and the road in front of your business, I guess, is how this would That's work. What property taxes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are. They're doing that already. Um, but it's, I, I don't like, I don't really understand the, the, the thinking, but it's like, so you're, it's like your what you said about your sister-in-law. It's the idea is that um, you should only have to pay for uh, this this uh, permit if you're like clearly obviously getting something out of it right you you shouldn't have to pay for it who cares about infrastructure right? <laughs> they don't care about infrastructure what they care about is um, you know clear proof that something is being given to them in return yeah and, and uh, if it's not directly given to them they if they don't see it directly coming back it'd be like going to the store and paying for some sort of service that you saw five years down the road but didn't actually get something immediately for and there's just a disconnect because you're not actually physically being given something you're being given a piece of paper that says you're allowed to spend your money but you know 
governments yeah. need money to run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's there's no way around that as far as I can figure. And I, I tried to figure that out for a very long time and didn't get anywhere. Um, I it is it's fascinating to me that uh, so like you know, and I I'm not necessarily opposed to to user fees, but like the idea that that you you could like that society could survive on a user fee model. Um, and I don't think that's what people think are saying. They're just not thinking about it, right? They're not thinking about the, like the, the conclusions of what they're saying. See, but, this, this is something that kind of, that, that I, that drives me nuts every single year when they, they put out the rankings of, of the, the happiest countries, you know, on the planet, what yeah. are they typically coming out with the Scandinavian countries that pay the most tax? Yep tend to be the happiest. Why? Because they have services and they, they have, they take care of their entire population. So yeah. there's a lack. So because there is a higher employment rate, there's a lower drain on the system. Yeah. And, and the other thing about that is when you have services, one of the great things about services is that it lets you not worry about like petty shit, right? That yeah. you don't, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you don't have to look after every single aspect of like, I'm not a homeowner, but like when you don't have to, uh, um, you know, you're not in charge of, uh, as a homeowner yourself, you're not in charge of, you know, uh, fixing a pothole in the street in front of you, for example, exactly. Can you imagine if you were responsible for that. I mean, that would, that would kind of suck. Uh, and, It'd the stress level thing kind of suck, man. It would be it would be abysmal. I mean, so now, so let's say that so there's another example. I'm having a huge amount of electrical work done outside my house right now. If I had yeah. to pay for the junction box that sits in my front lawn to have that taken care of, so that everybody can because it's in my property, it, it just it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this this would be a, a probably a good time. To bring up, I don't know if you heard about this or not. This happened a number of years ago, but um, so uh, one of the one of the things that I think you and I would probably both agree cannot be uh, turned into a a, a per uh, use basis or a uh, um, or any kind of like a more privatized model is is emergency services such as you know uh, I mean even though we now in Canada in Ontario we now have fees for ambulances and stuff like that we still don't pay for the entire cost. Oh, no. I can, directly. can you imagine you know, every time you had a you, somebody who had a heart attack had to pay the the whole shot for the the ambulance? Exactly. Like, it, yeah, it's just it's it's an awful thing to think about. So a number of years ago, uh, I'm I'm guessing like four or so um, in in Texas, a county had uh, completely um, privatized uh, the fire department. And so what, if, if your house caught fire, you'd have to pay the whole shop before they turned on the water well, and put it you out. Had, you had to register and you had to pay, like, essentially you had to pay fire insurance basically, um, directly to the fire department rather than, um, as part of a, you know, as part of a requirement to, and you could opt out. And so someone, what, someone, your house out? yeah. And this is exactly what happened. A house in this County in Texas, uh, caught on fire. <laughs> And the fire department showed up, found out that the guy was not participating in the service, and they they stood there and it burned to the ground. That's ridiculous. And is it? Yeah, I mean that, and that's the thing. That's where this, this that's where this like these arguments go. Eventually, is to something like that, which is absurd. I should make something fairly clear with this whole discussion. I tend to sit to the left side of the political political spectrum and tend to be more socialist and believe that that society should take care of every person. So, so the idea that that you have to pay or opt out and that you wouldn't help somebody because just mind-bogglingly absurd to me. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that I understand that right now this is this is a politicized thing. You know that there are people who feel like that government and society aren't responsible for this, but this is this is a relatively recent belief. You know, to take conservatives for example, who in 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 this century and in in the last couple decades of the twentieth century, in um, at least in the English speaking world, have been all about personal freedom. 
and, and, and supposedly a smaller state. Conservatives didn't used to be like that. Conservatives uh, up until the, uh, the, the 60s, at the very earliest, I think, or sorry, very latest, um, were, uh, were all about society as a, as a whole, especially the British tradition of conservatism. Um, was not about this uh, this idea of you know every man for themselves. It was actually quite the opposite. It was it was the liberals who, uh, at least until the late nineteenth century, were every man for themselves. And and so it's it's I find it fascinating this this turn because people people regarded as like you know this is a like a battle that needs to be fought and. Um, should be fought and part of this like taxpayer rights movement seems to be like this idea that like we need to fight you know we need to fight against you know the the corruption of government but they're only they only want to fight against the financial problems for one thing they don't want to fight against the act like actual uh apparent or obvious corruption and the other thing is that it's like this is not actually you know there was a time when people sort of understood that um things cost money, <laughs> you know, society costs money and, and, uh, and, you know, the conservatives strongly believe that uh, it was important to have a, uh, a functioning and, uh, and, you know, um, not necessarily big, but powerful government. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, there, there's, there's part of it. Uh, and, and I mean, this, this goes back to people being kind of short sighted. And I always say people are, are, you know, won't realize something until it smacks them in the face. By doing a service-only system, it's fine as long as you don't need the service. But the yeah. minute you need that service, you're, yeah. you're expected to be there. And, oh, wait, I opted out of that. So now, you know, my house burns to the ground. Yep. But, hey, you, you, you saved a couple hundred bucks on, on opting out and not paying that into into a municipal tax. Yeah. Um just it, it's completely short-sighted it, and the the American system does this this more so than than we do here in Canada although there is now a, a push toward, towards a two-tiered healthcare system but that's that's a perfect example you know you go into an emergency room in the states yes they will make sure that they stabilize you take care of the whatever right because they're not going to let you sit there and die in in an emergency room so they'll stabilize you, and then they'll go. Oh, do you have insurance? No. Okay. Well, let's see how how we can do this. You know, second run healthcare. Yeah. And, and that just it, it's mind boggling. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's completely ignorant as well of the the additional cost to society. I mean, I I'm sure you've seen the same things I've seen when people have done comparisons of the healthcare systems throughout the world. It's the U.S. system that's the expensive one, as a whole. You know. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing with like the 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 fire uh, uh, situation in that county in Texas a number of years ago. You know that fire is a social problem the moment it uh, leaps from one house to the other. I think in this case, this house was not um, close enough, if my memory serves, to cause that problem. But like, it's it's not as if you can just ignore fires, you know, because people didn't. Um, so people didn't want the emergency services because if it spreads, you can't, you know, yeah, it that, needs to be dealt with. Leads, that kind of leads to a comical scenario. What happens if three people on the block have opted out and, and two people haven't? So yeah. the fire leaps to the person's house. Uh, no, he has insurance. Put that one out. Ah, he doesn't. Okay. So three houses burn down on the block and, and then they're just sitting there yeah. and you end up with like two houses that get put out. It's, it's utterly absurd. It's just, it's I mean, hard to understand. It ends up costing somebody money because now the insurance company yeah. that they probably had home insurance on is going to have to pay out for the uh, the house burning down. Yeah, I mean, if they could even get insurance, I don't, I don't know how that would work. If you like, if if your insurance company found out you opted out of like the local <laughs> fire department, would they still insure you? Like, I don't know if there were rules for that or not, but. I would think a, a smart insurance company would be like, no way we're insuring you anymore. You're well, crazy. It becomes a snowball effect. Yeah. So now, now what do you pay for? Now what services don't you get? Now yeah. who's willing to take on the risk? Like, It just it grows perpetually yeah. from somebody not thinking they need to pay a tax. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's 
I don't know. I'm one of the things I struggle with is I can't understand for whatever reason I'm inclined to uh, think of like consequences when I think of things. Um, and I don't know why that is, but I am. And so I have a hard time putting myself in somebody else's shoes and, and seeing like understanding how their brain works when they're thinking of this and they're only thinking about the next dollar. And I guess, you know, had I, had I grown up in a different situation and maybe not been so fortunate or whatever, maybe that I would be in that, uh, be able to understand that mindset more, but I can't get my head around it. Cause it's like, it seems to me like it's obvious that this cannot lead to good. No. And, and it, it really just, the end is always going to be these absurd situations that are not just in some cases, not just absurd, but also very dangerous. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but once again, uh, as I said earlier, I think people don't actually typically see the outcome of something until it smacks them right in the face. Yeah. Um, so related to all this, uh, the, the service fee idea is also the idea. Uh, this is this is not something that's been popular in Canada, but has absolutely gotten some traction in the U.S., particularly on the far right is the idea of a flat tax rather than a progressive tax system. So the idea being that it's more fair for everyone to pay the exact same amount of money than for uh, people of different incomes to pay different amounts of money. How, what? And so, you're, yeah. You, you, you haven't heard about the flat tax? No, that's ludicrous. <laughs> Wait a minute, I make $50,000 a year, I gotta pay the same amount as the guy who's making 2.5 billion? Uh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the idea. Yep. And and but you again, thought that up. Well, somebody was rich. But <laughs> the the thing that that's that's funny about it is that they then convince people who are not um, rich to support it, which is again this like mystery part. It's like how how does this work? Because it is obviously it's going to be unfair to somebody, right? It's either going to be very unfair. Um, to poor people who can't afford it, uh, you know, or it's going to be very, un I mean, uh, presumably uh, a, a flat tax, everyone would have to pay the exact same amount and there wouldn't even be concessions for pe poor people. Um, you know, or it's, I mean, it's always going to be unfair to poor people. I have a hard time imagining it's not going to be unfair to poor people. Well, no, the poor are always going to get the short end of the stick. Yeah. But how do you convince an entire middle class that it's fair that the guy who's making three times their salary is paying the same amount a year. Because that person is a job creator. Oh yeah. Right. Is that what? Right? Like that's you you can't the reason my understanding my understanding is the reason why businesses shouldn't be taxed that much is because they create jobs and when they are taxed more they somehow create fewer jobs, even though I think there's literally no evidence to back that up. No. Now, are, okay, talking businesses is slightly different than talking the CEO of a corporation. Okay, maybe taxing a business might in some way force them to create more jobs because they might have more revenue, but in all likelihood, they're just going to take that extra revenue and give it back to their shareholders. Um, but a CEO paying the, just, I, I don't get it. Well, the other thing is that sometimes this is hidden as business income, right? Like the the rich people you're talking about, they of course can afford better accountants than us, and they they can disguise their income in ways that it's not you know changes their tax bracket. Sure. Um, so that even though we know this person is making two point five billion dollars, uh, maybe most of what they are making is st is left in some kind of incorporated body, and so. Uh, according to the the tax man, they're actually only making like you know, um, whatever the the second highest tax bracket in the U.S. would be. I don't know what that would be. Right. Say like a hundred thousand or hundred fifty thousand, whatever it would be. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, not everyone does that, but like there, I know, I know people who do it. <laughs> like I personally, know people who do it. So, uh, it's it's definitely it happens, and it's. So it is. I I don't. I I'm with you. I don't understand why people wouldn't be outraged about this. Like when I when I hear the idea of it, it's outrageous to me. The idea that people who are making huge amounts of money, amounts of money that don't, we can't even conceive of. They're so big, like we can't even get our heads around. 
that somehow they should have to pay the exact same amount of money or only slightly more money than say you or I, not only is it, it seems categorically unfair, but it also seems really kind of, um, you know, we, we, we get the same problem that we've been talking about with the user fees, which only from a different perspective, which is that these services are for everybody, but they're specifically for the people who um, often don't know they're going to need them. And if, if, you, if you hurt the tax base like that, those services, they may still be available for everyone, but they're not going to be as good because they have less money. Yeah. Once again, it goes back to government only makes money through taxes and licensing. But see, here's the other. Most people aren't educated well enough to understand this. Civics is not something that... We don't teach it here, that's for sure. Um, we, uh, I mean, I, I, in the States, I think it's different. Um, but in, in, uh, in, uh, so Canada, that being said, am I cutting out? Yeah. You cut out for a bit. Oh, that's weird. Uh, okay. Um, all, all I heard was that, uh, that being said. Okay. Uh, basically, <laughs> I'm, I just said, you know, because you and I have studied politics, we have a better understanding than the, the average person who's not exposed to, to civics. Yeah, but also, like, there, you know, that, that's absolutely true, especially in Canada. But I, I don't know about now in the U.S. I don't know what it's like. But my father um, grew up in the States. And when he went to school, uh, which we're talking about, you know, um, the 50s and 60s, he had a civics class and, and at multiple levels of education and they learned how government worked in a way that I don't know that is taught anymore. It certainly isn't taught when you and I were in school in Canada. It was not taught in It's gotten to the point where they don't want to bore children with, with topics that, that might be, you know, a little dry. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why we weren't taught it. I really have no idea. I've never heard a good reason. Um, I just, I think that uh, it's just something that, that people didn't think was important for some reason, which I find now in particular, it always bothers me when, um, like the, my favorite example of this is uh, uh, during either the first or second of the Harper prorogues in Canada, um, a prorogue just for, Anyone who isn't familiar with this, a prorogue is basically when Parliament is put on temporary and and possibly indefinite hiatus. Um, be, usually, it was supposed to be because of some kind of uh, need to address something, um, like in war. The case, yeah, yeah. In the case of uh, the Stephen Harper government in Canada, the two famous prorogues were one was to avoid a no confidence vote, which would have caused the government to go down. And the other was for ostensibly for the Olympics, but again, was to avoid uh, the tabling of a report in parliament. And in both of these cases, I remember reading things. Uh, well, sorry, no, it must've been the first one. It was the first one when, when it was to avoid a no confidence vote. Um, I remember reading in the paper, people writing in saying that they voted for Harper and they'd be damned if they let the, uh, a, a possible coalition of the NDP and the Liberals and the Bloc um, overturn that vote because it was not democratic. And this was in a paper in Hamilton, Ontario, of course. So the idea that these that people voted for Stephen Harper was very interesting to me because, of course, they couldn't have because Stephen Harper was running in Calgary in elections. Once <laughs> and again, so I see, here we go again. And now you've just touched on, on a topic that drives me batshit crazy. People do not understand the Canadian system. They think they're voting for the prime minister when, when they're not. Yeah. Um, and they don't. And, and, and they're, they're hurt when a coalition forms. Uh, well, I'm sorry. That's, that's how the parliamentary system works. Yeah. And they think we have the, they think we have a system that's similar to the American system, which just nowhere close. Yeah. And that, and that sort of, again, reinforces, it's always like whenever 
you know, I'm bringing, I'm harping on this. This is one of my favorite topics that we don't have civics classes. <laughs> I always bring that up because I'm like, well, you know, this is perfect illustration of why Canada, Ontario, because um, I don't know about the other provinces, but Ontario definitely needs civic education or a better civics education. Because I've heard that since we graduated, there's been some level of civics education, though I don't know how good it is, and I'm I'm not sure that it is doing the job. I don't think it's adequate. I really don't. Yeah. Um, my wife works with, uh, uh, you know, people who have just graduated. I'm pretty sure if I, I started talking politics or started, you know, their eyes would glaze over. Yeah. They, they have yeah. no interest or knowledge or desire to know. But, hey, Big Brother's uh, a hot topic. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so I guess that's one reason for sure why people don't really get the idea of, uh, that a flat tax would be damaging is because like you said they, they've there's been no education as to how things actually work and you know at, at some level as well there is this like this naive idea that we can get things for less or for free um, and and the flat tax wouldn't be for free for everybody but in in the cases of uh, over a certain amount of income which everyone is at least in the states, everyone is aspiring to be those rich people. Um, you know, it would be you would sort of be getting stuff for essentially, uh, you know, free. You wouldn't have to be paying yeah. your share. Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know. I, I it's such a bizarre, bizarre argument. Um, and and so I guess that sort of segues into this this idea that you know there's something wrong with the way that government functions because regardless of uh, whether it's, you know, people not, people wanting use uh, paying for services directly or whether it's because of people wanting a flat tax, they think they're not getting the right deal from government. And, and so that, that regularly leads to perhaps the most common and eternal suggestion, unlike uh, user fees or uh, flat taxes, and this, this is an older one, is that the idea is that government should be run either by you know, services, which we sort of already touched on already, um, by private industry to some degree, or should be run like a private company. Oh, privatization <laughs> of services, dude, is yet another thing that, that I, I just I don't get. Um I mean, in, in, in the States, the privatization of, of services actually has ended up costing the average person because whoever was working, let's say you were a, a garbage collector for the city. My guess would be that you'd be paid better by the city than you would be by a private company, Yeah, which is why they save money when they, they privatize because, hey, now yeah. the private company is going to try to cut the bottom out so that they can make a profit. Yep. And, and then, cities, are, cities aren't there to make a profit. There's the other thing people don't understand. Government is not there to make a profit. Yep. So they can pay you better. Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm also mystified again by the lack of uh, um, a uh, ability to see the, the consequences of this is like, well, then, you know, these people who had, like these garbage men you're talking about, who had this this income um, that, you know, uh, us like taxpayers, maybe we thought this was unfair and, and ridiculous that they were making, you know, whatever it would have been. It wouldn't have been 20 bucks an hour in the States, but up here, it certainly is above that. Um, it's 20, 25 an hour for a guy to yeah. throw garbage in a truck. Yeah. Like this seems outrageous aside from the fact that most of us would not want to do this because it smells so much. But anyway, it's outrageous and they shouldn't make this. But then these people, if, if it's privatized and they're making less money, you know uh, that money is is as you said it's it's then being turned into profits and where is that profit going? Well, maybe maybe that business is is reinvesting that profit in Helpful. new businesses and stuff. But it's much more likely that that stuff is going um, into investments that are not in the local community and are just again designed to make profit. And then so suddenly, not only are you cutting the purchasing power. Of the uh, of the former garbage men or the the current garbage men, but you're also uh, taking that money out that was circulating in the local economy, and it's going somewhere else. 
Well, people and, don't see it that way. They say, yeah. oh, well, you know, hey, now now the garbage men are being paid fairly. Wait a minute. Why, why are they not buying so much anymore? You know, you cut people's wages, and we live in an economy where you need people to buy or else things fall apart. But if you yep. cut their, their buying power, then how are they supposed to, to continue to, to get the economy to roll? It just it doesn't work. And this is a huge problem, particularly in the U.S., where they, you know, they've had a number of, of issues in the in recent years, with, and and, and ongoing, um, and is a topic, I believe, of this current election campaign, where people, you know, people do not have the purchasing power that they used to, that their parents did, and relative purchasing power, obviously. Uh, you know, if you don't account for inflation, it seems like everyone's loaded. But, you know, the moment you account for inflation, everyone isn't anymore, or at least most people aren't. And it's, it's, people can't, you know, and they talk about they're going to, you know, the candidates are going to solve this problem by, like, supposedly bringing back manufacturing jobs or something, which were so high paying back in the day, but aren't anymore, uh, rel- you know, again, um, t- accounting for inflation. But, like, it's, it's just, it seems, that no one or very few people want to figure out that this is there's a, a real direct cause of this, which is that the the, the profits broken? that are, sorry the system's broken yeah yeah Come on. well it's at some level yeah I mean there there there's the profits are are not staying in the community in a way that in which they used to and and so they're. Um, and so we're in a, a a situation now where people, like you said, these these people can't afford things, and then that that actually has a far greater impact than just a couple people getting poor. Well, yeah, because once now now this 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 also relates back to our talk, but it, it more I think about it, it, it makes less sense. The rich want to hold on to their money, so they propose a flat tax. They then try to bust a union so the guys who are working for them are not being paid as much. Um, but then they've got to try to turn out more product to make that profit that nobody can now buy. Yeah. Just, yeah. It, 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 it's, they're shooting themselves in the foot. And let's, let's make more money. Let's reduce the tax we pay so we have more money. But wait. Nobody can buy the product anymore because now they're paying for the entire system and have no money because we reduced their wages. And in addition to all of that, they are also they also have the gall to suggest that this is the way that essential services should be run as well. <laughs> Which is the part that is bizarre to me is like the idea that it's it's um you know, I, I have I have philosophical objections to the idea that the market is always more efficient as well. But I think there's like or you don't even need to go there. There's a practical practical objection, which is that you know the at least in the U.S. right now and in some levels of the Canadian economy as well, the the supposed like great wonderful um all-powerful invisible hand that's supposed to make everyone better off is not actually doing that and is actually uh, causing um, new new forms of uh, of economic crises that we haven't really seen previously, because these uh, you know we're reaching levels of inequality that have never been seen within capitalist societies before. Well, not 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 only levels of inequality, but there is only so much a society can consume before they they hit uh, the, the saturation point. And yeah. that's that's the problem. I mean, that's why you get peaks and troughs in this because you'll go through a period where people can buy, then all of a sudden you hit that that saturation point, and now people can't buy anymore, and so things start falling off. So now you got to cut jobs, and, and so it dips. Then you hit a bottom point again where people have nothing, and then they can buy again. Yeah, and it's cyclical. Unless you have a stupid amount of money, chances are you're going to be affected by this. But it and. It, 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 the idea that that a taxpayer has to pay for their services or essential services should be paid for because hey we we got to keep as much money in our pocket as possible it's just once again baffling yeah, yeah. 
and and we get this i mean i agree that it is generally cyclical but we're getting this new point where um um it's not being as uh like that the the system for one thing because we have a, a far more global economy than we used to but also um because of the of the the lack of reinvestment that's happening with the money that we're 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 getting to new levels of uh, like I'm not sure the the cycle will stay the same because of these these new issues right like because the the money is not being reinvested in the way it used to be at least in 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 the West and specifically in the U.S. Uh, yeah, well reinvested. Um... You mean people are keeping more in their pockets, or there's a huge discrepancy between the, well, the wealthy and the middle class? They're they're keeping more in their pockets, but they're also hiding it. You know, they're they're moving it to other countries, and they're uh, to a greater extent. This has always happened, but to a greater extent than it used to happen. And and so they're you know they're they're out of reach of uh, of the systems that existed to keep them the you know for one thing they're they're not necessarily investing in the community like they used to um, by, for example, uh, having, you know, it used to be far more common. Pension plans, for example, used to be far more common, right? Like making sure that your your workers were looked after um, private pension plans. But that costs the company money and, and retracts from your bottom line. Can't have that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is like that the idea that the bottom line is, you know, uh, absolutely everything is more prominent than it used to be. And so I'm not so sure in addition to the, with the, the globalized economy, the fact that you can move your money out of reach of the local authorities. I'm not sure the business cycles will be as cyclical and predictable as they used to be because these are, uh, as far as I understand it anyway, and I, I never took economics, but these are new problems um, or greater, you know, greater versions of problems that only existed in, in minute ways in, in, previous versions of uh, the business cycle. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. then we're, and, and, and we're confronted by this, uh, this problem of like, well, they don't, the people who have the money don't want anyone else to have it ever. <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> and, unless they're spending it on something they want. And then, you know, every, everything, yeah. not just government is getting defunded, uh, but, Every society is essentially getting defunded, which is and yet they convince the people with less money that it's it's better for them to to hold on to their money because somehow they're going to generate more jobs. Yeah, are are people really that naive? I certainly looks that way, given how popular some of these these candidates and parties are. I mean, I, it, can I mean I, can in I the U.S. Just, this is a regular topic. This is a regular electoral issue. The, the idea that. You need to have le lesser, fair taxes uh, because the rich are, are are getting screwed, and the average person is also getting screwed. But you know, obviously, it's the richer the people who could actually maybe somehow argue a claim about that. That's just mind-boggling. I just the the, the <laughs> stupidity of people never ceases to amaze me. Do yeah, people it's, just it's, turn their brains off and stop thinking? I don't. I don't understand what it is exactly because it's it's something where there has um, to be something that's attractive to these people. But I I I, yeah. I, I don't get it. I, do do they not see that that by doing what what's suggested here, okay, maybe they get to to save uh, you know a couple grand in in taxes or or whatever a year. And yes, that's huge to somebody who makes fifty thousand dollars a year. But ultimately, it's going to hurt them more than it's going to help. Yep. I, I I completely agree, and I find it uh, I find it like really it's it. I have the same kind of I I can't get my head around it experiences you do. I just don't. I look at it and I'm like, what is happening? Why are people unable to understand what seems to me to be a very simple idea? But it clearly it must not be because it's 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 so the opposite is so appealing to so many people. Um, oh, I, I guess I guess an extra couple grand in my pocket wouldn't be unappealing, but then I think of what's going to happen to my services and everything else, and it all of a sudden becomes rapidly less appealing. Yeah. 
Um, and so we have a, we, there's also an, a really extreme form of this. Um, and I, uh, the name, I believe some of them, sometimes they call themselves like the, the free, freelanders or something like that, which is the idea that people think there are some people, again, these are often people who are, are the kind of people who should be the last people you would expect to, to prefer this idea, but is the people who think they can opt out of the system already not 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 with changes not with the introduction of like a, a user uh, fee-based tax system but with like actually opt out of uh of the system so for example what, fall um, off the grid basically well uh, on some level yeah there's there's the off the grid side of it but it's also the idea that like they don't recognize that government is legitimate or they they think that something government does is illegitimate and so as a result i mean you read Thorough, right? At some point, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, his his he's sort of the, the as far as I know, he's the inspiration for all this. Um, is that during the Mexican American War, he went to jail for not paying his taxes because he disagreed with uh, the fact that the U.S. was essentially trying to conquer a chunk of Mexico. And I sympathize with that. I recognize that. I I would have been pissed off at the U.S. government too. But the idea that when you disagree with something that the government does, that you no longer need to pay your taxes, there's a reason he went to jail, I find an odd idea. And there is this, there, are, there is a group. Well, yeah. The, the, the idea that, that the uh, you know, society has a right to, to rein in government when, when government gets out of hand. Yeah, well, it's actually, it's. I mean, it's definitely rooted in in the liberal tradition, but it's the the thing is is that it in the modern form the the form it takes is it's not reining them in so much as just not having to pay your taxes, right? Like it's. I mean, the philosophical arguments might be made. We have a duty to you know stop government from doing these things, but really the bottom that is that is in my eyes anyway a disguise for not wanting to pay tax or not wanting to follow certain rules that have existed usually before you did you know um you know the people who like for example i don't know if you've heard of it there was one guy in canada a few years ago i think in alberta somewhere who wouldn't like he refused to be evicted because he refused to recognize that the government had a right to evict him from um the property that he did not actually own uh, he was he was a renter. Okay, that makes even less sense. <laughs> yeah, and he he just he said like he didn't recognize, um, he he never agreed to the various laws, um, because he never uh like, actually explicitly consented to them. They didn't have any application. Oh, okay. And the and you know if you follow that to its logical conclusion, that's a really big problem. Because then it well, means yeah, that any time that anyone doesn't like something, know, how many people actually know all the bylaws and and all the laws of, of any given society? So so what? You, Nobody does. You know, I don't you, think. No one. You person. now need people to sign contracts when they're they're citizens of a of a state when, when they're when they're born, no less. Yeah. Or or I don't know. Maybe when they turn eighteen. Maybe that's their idea. I'm not sure what the idea is really, um, but. It's again. It's this funny idea where it's like the the I don't know for some reason um, how it, it's there's this world that people live in where you get stuff for free. I don't get it. Like I I see it the same way. I mean, maybe I'm making a logical leap there that's not obvious, but to me, when I hear something like that, I'm like this is somebody who just wants something without actually having to like accept the costs that come with that thing, you know? That's what I see anyway. They want yeah, they want they want society, they want their roads, they want their sidewalks, but hey, uh, damned if I'm going to pay for them. Yeah, and in, in this case or this you know this case in the, in Alberta, the guy wanted a place to live but he didn't want to recognize that the authority of, of the, you know, of the society that allowed him to have that place to live in the first place, which oh, yeah. is 
is bizarre uh, to me anyway. And I just, I look at that and I, so when I see people who are saying like, well, you know, I don't like what the government's doing. So because I don't like what the government's doing, you know, I, I am legitimately allowed as a form of political protest to not pay my taxes. I, I, I like, I'm like, I want to call bullshit on that. Cause I think it's really just a, it's a, it's a disguise for a very selfish thing, which is, it's just like, all these other, you know, less extreme dreamers, they just want things for free or for less. And, and they don't get that, like, for whatever reason, they don't understand that things cost money and think and services that cannot be provided effectively by the market uh, cost more money because it's just a, it's just a matter of, you know, like you said, you, you have to, pay for things that you don't necessarily need right now because you may need them later and there's no way of predicting that. Yeah, that's why we have emergency services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's... Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just, uh, I mean, it, I, it, it's baffling. People people just absolutely baffling. I, I, I don't understand it. And uh, I mean, going back to Rob Ford, that that's what drove me so nuts when everybody said, "Well, yeah, he's he's out for the little guy." Uh, how? Yeah, how do you figure. Because he said so. <laughs> you got to take him into his word, Eric. Come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's just that's a, that's a whole another can of worms, man. Um. He. Uh... Yeah, I mean, as as he's he's perplexing, I think, to a lot of us and candidates like him, because of course he, uh, for people who don't know much about Rob Ford, Rob Ford was of course born into money, and so the idea that his his crusade against government spending was motivated specifically because uh, of his concern for the little guy rings kind of hollow, because of course he was born into money and born into a business and that business was taxed and his ink and his money was taxed at levels of which, you know, we would not apply to uh, you and I and, or, or to the little guy, in fact. And, uh, and then the other part being that of course he would not need on average, uh, he wouldn't, he could, he could look at certain things, certain services and be like, I, I don't know why the government's providing this for me. I could pay for it. Like, why is the government paying? Like, why do I need to pay the government for this? But it's like, but you know, not again, most like, people are not in that situation. No, exactly. That goes to the the two tiered system again, which is which is why the the proponents of that in the states tend to be the the wealthy conservatives. Um, they don't feel they need it because hey, they can pay for a better service. But then you're forgetting the majority of society. And yeah. the problem is, and, and, and this has been shown over and over and over again, the poorer your society is and the less you take care of the lowest of the low the entire society is, is going to be. You look at yeah. you look at the states now and anybody with money is now building a gated community to keep that riffraff out because, hey, you, you can't let them have what we have. But yeah. then you get people looking over the fence going, well, how is this fair? I'm in squalor, and they're in a five thousand foot, you know, square foot house with a pool and and an acre and a half. Yeah. And, and uh, it's funny uh, you mentioned that as well because I don't know uh, um, uh, if you follow this at all, but you know, Deadspin, the um, the sports site. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, okay. Haven't. Well, anyway, they they got some, they've some very snarky coverage of things, but one of the things they um, they looked at a little bit, and then actually, uh, uh, John Oliver did a bit on it later too. Actually, was like the uh, the fact that there's a section at Yankee Stadium where basically the Yankees are trying to protect the rich people from the average fan. Are you kidding me? No, no, seriously. You can look it up. John Oliver did a piece on it, and Deadspin did a couple pieces on it. So basically, they basically said that the policy they they pretty much admitted publicly that the policy was to like keep the average fan out 
by by having uh like not only having high ticket prices but by not allowing resale of of the seat we're trying That's to prevent absurd. the resale of the seat yeah it's absurd um and it just it goes to this kind of this 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 problem in the society in the states in particular but also in in all the societies experiencing this income inequality where um you know you have people with like literally no regard for the people who are less well off for them seemingly it certainly feels like it and and, and so they, to, they somehow think society's just going to continue on its merry way like this yeah apparently i mean that's that's one of the things that i don't understand is is why no one sees any kind of reckoning coming and 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 doesn't like this is this is to my knowledge this is a a, a new historical extreme um at least within capitalism it it was probably it's probably got lots of precedent in uh previous forms of uh economic organization with you know uh, extraordinarily rich monarchs and things but at least within capitalism we've never seen this kind of eco economic uh, inequality and it, i mean at some point you know are things uh you got to think at some point things are going to break a little bit um or or completely i don't i don't know how that would look but i i, I don't know i don't think it's going to look good uh no so no, but they, they, wow. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say. So that sort of um, um, brings me back to this, like, you know, why, why do the, why are all these attitudes that are so clearly, that we think are so clearly destructive uh, to society as a whole, and 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 also to to government in particular, um, why are they so popular? Not just with the rich. It makes perfect sense to me. That they would be popular with short-sighted rich people, but why they're popular with um, the uh, the less well-off, the people who, like for example, uh, there's there's a famous clip somewhere online of you know uh, someone at a tea party interview, a few asking the tea partier about like why taxes need to be dropped, and then. Um, and then in the same interview, asking the person, you know, um, how they pay their bills and the person sort of talking about how great, um, I can never, I always forget which Medicaid is and which is Medicare, which is the one for old people and which is the one for people who are, are poor. But basically the guy was, it turns out the guy was on poor, the poor medical assistance in the States, but he was at a rally to, uh, cut government spending okay so yeah it makes it like when you see that you're like well i can't wrap my brain around this uh, no. you know like how can you you not know what that money is that comes in the mail every month or week or whatever it is you know you do you not know where that comes from um i guess it comes from the sky <laughs> obviously it grows on trees riley come on we all know money yeah. grows on trees um yeah. No, but I, I mean the the idea, I think it stems primarily from the the idea of the the American dream, and and I think that's a lot of the way that it's pushed on on at least the the American society. I mean, similar here, not called the same thing, but the idea that if you have the money in your pocket, you're going to have more buying power, so you're going to be able to to climb that ladder by, by saving and, and that money's going to, that, that $2,500 a year or whatever it is you're, you're not paying is going to end up giving you that ability to climb that ladder and, and yeah. get higher up. I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that's a huge, especially in the States is a huge appeal is that people aspire to be rich. And so they don't, at some level, they don't want to like, they want to say, "Well, we shouldn't tax the rich too much because when I'm rich, I don't want to be taxed." Yeah. Even though, you know, ninety something percent of the people, if not more than that, uh, even not way closer to a hundred percent of the people who feel that way are never never going to be rich. Yeah. Um, and so we're never going to be in the tax bracket that they are advocating for less taxes for. Yeah. Um, it's this weird uh, situation. Um, where like the dreams are sort of clouding reality and, but yeah, I think uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Um, 
It's one of the big reasons. Um, before we, you have to go soon, but before we go, I wanted to just again bring up the same thing I brought up at, at the end of the last uh, podcast as a possible explanation as to why this is happening and which is the, the uh, delusion that the world is a fair place. Um, and the idea here is that um, the way it apl- I, I see it applying here is that people, for one thing, in, in terms of your comment about the American dream, you know, people think that they have a fair shake of becoming rich um, it just, just through hard work, you know, and, and determination and certainly nothing else has anything to do with it. And so they, they think, oh, well then, you know, maybe, maybe a flat tax appeals to them because they think when I, when I have worked hard and, you know, and, and put in my, my uh, effort, I will get what's due to me, which is that I will be rich. And then when I am rich, you know, I will, I will totally think that a flat tax or user fees are, uh, reasonable because, you know, I've, I've done my bit for society, um, you know, by, by working hard and, and, and whatever it is that people do when they pursue the American dream. Yeah. Um, but another side of it is, is, uh, and this is the part that I find really interesting to me anyway, is the idea that, um, with these taxpayer groups is the idea that it's, they're not getting their fair shake at the moment um, by paying, you know, even, even like lower middle class are not getting their fair shake by paying the taxes they're paying so that everyone should pay less taxes to make the system more fair, which seems kind of insane. Um, because like, how does that make any sense? You're, you're not even paying a lot of tax and you think that everyone should pay less taxes because, you're you're not getting value from your taxes like that doesn't make any sense to me but um the interesting thing here is that they you know these groups they blame they blame politicians they blame bureaucrats and I, those those groups are easy to understand why they blame because they think that you know politicians only want to get elected and all they want to do is spend money and they think the bureaucrats are lazy and unionized and all they want to do is spend your money but then they also you know they blame the existence of of some of these services on the fact that there are poor people and it's the poor people who have violated the rules of the world. It's like it's poor people have done something wrong to be poor. They deserve to be poor because they have somehow violated the rules. Why the hell should I have to pay for them? Exactly. Why should I have to pay for them? And really don't they deserve their poverty because they are not being as good a citizen and a good pursuer the American dream as I am. I'm doing my part. Shouldn't these shirkers who aren't doing their part, shouldn't they just, I, why do I have to pay for them? They're the ones who are not, um, you know, they're, they're, they're poor because they want to be. They're not poor because they, they're poor. They're poor because they want to be. And, and they, that, that, that person ever gets laid off and has monetary uh, issues. Yeah, no, it clearly, clearly it's a choice. Poverty is a choice. And yeah, and I, sh- as as a as a proud um, member of society who's done everything I should do and followed all the rules, why should I have to pay more than my fair and share in taxes to look after these leeches? Is essentially how I I see this. I think you're you're spot on there. Um, that's it, and it's it's selfish. It's a complete selfish attitude that I think is becoming more and more and more prevalent as, as people get more wrapped up in their, their big cars that, that block out all the outside world and their, their big houses with their, their security systems to, to keep the unwanted people out. And we're turning inward where we're, they've actually shown that the people talk to their neighbors a lot less than they did 20 years ago. Um, and we're becoming more closed in our own little lives rather than, than less. Yeah. Uh, and it, it makes it harder to sympathize with people, you know, like one of the things that I, I'm sure you feel the same way, but I've noticed about, um, in my, in my life experience is that it's a lot harder to sympathize with someone in a particular position. If you've never met anyone in that particular position, but once you know someone who's gone through something or it's, it's happened to you, you sympathize with 
with them a lot easier. So if you know someone who's who's not well off because of something that happened to them, you know whether they got laid off or whether they um, it's something you know they it, in the states, for example, they 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 couldn't afford their medical bills or something like that. If you know, if you've experienced that, then you're, you're sympathetic. But if you don't know, if you never interact with anyone who is at a different economic level than you are, you're probably not going to be sympathetic. No, I agree with that completely. All right. Well, most, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Most, most people sympathize through, through experience. And I, I definitely, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, it causes, problems when like you said we're cutting ourselves off from each other and we can't we don't interact with each other how where where does the empathy go it, it vanishes or something. yeah it really does anyway you got to go soon so uh thanks again um very much for joining me it's been another very interesting conversation i, I do enjoy our talks riley we should, as i said this this is something that should be done more often because I, yeah. I enjoy it a lot it's fun which I, which I'm working on. Um, so, uh, do you, before we go, do you have any uh, anything you want to plug, or you're oh. good? Okay, well, I'm great. Good for the moment. All right. So, uh, once again, uh, thanks for joining me, and thank you for listening. And uh, we, I think, we'll hope to have another one of these up in in a month or so. And uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Um, so we'll see you next time.